Steve, it's that time again. It's time for another episode of the Steel Target Paint Podcast. How you been? Great, Jeff. Just got back from SHOT Show 2019, and I can say I successfully returned home without without the SHOT Show crud. So I'm uh, taking that as a victory. How you doing, I Jeff? I would. I'm doing great. Uh, it's uh, I spent the last uh, five days in uh, Chicago, Illinois, uh, visiting my daughter and grandkids, and was happy to leave. It was minus two when the plane took off. And, uh, it's not much better in Florida, but uh, it's better than minus two. So <laughs> haven't been doing much shooting in the past week, but uh, going to be doing some this weekend. How about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. We're shooting uh, the local Griffin Georgia match. It's the month before the Georgia State match at the Griffin Gun Club. And Jeff, I think we talked a little bit about it. Match has sold out. So there's 320 competitors, and that is not including uh, match staff. So it's probably going to be in that 350, 360 range for a level two match. So it's it's amazing, and also. The local match, I think, has sold out this weekend. So there should be somewhere around 180 guns at a level one uh, steel challenge match. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. That is fantastic. Congrats to the Griffin Gun Club. And who's the match director for that match? That's uh, Glenn. He, he's done a fantastic job. I think he's started it maybe probably 11 or 12 years ago. Maybe it's been even longer than that. I think I've been shooting the match for on and off for, I don't know, probably seven years or so. And yeah, there's a, there's a big following there. Some, some really, really good shooters and some people out there for the first time. It's, it's, it's a blast. It's a riot. Well, that's excellent. Well, you know, we've got a great uh, guest tonight on the podcast. Uh, He is the first shooter to make nine GMs in steel challenge. Uh, everybody, welcome Ryan Flowers. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm glad to hear that y'all are doing good, too, and you're back in the warmer weather, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Buffalo, but uh, I live in Florida because I grew up in Buffalo. So <laughs> That's why I live in Georgia, because I grew up <laughs> in the under- New York. Understandable. <laughs> well, Ryan, how you doing? You been doing much shooting lately? Oh, you know I have. I'm trying to shoot every weekend and then through the week. Uh, you know, you got to keep your trigger finger warmed up, especially uh, when it's a little bit chilly outside. Well, Ryan, you're relatively new to the Steel Challenge uh, shooting discipline, um, but you do a lot of different kinds of shooting. Um, right off the bat, how long, how many years have you been shooting? I've been shooting almost four years now. I started uh, competitive shooting uh, in February of 2015, actually. I've been shooting since I was about eight years old. Uh, my dad took me to a range, and I shot a Beretta Neos 22 pistol. That was the first gun I ever shot. But I've been doing competitive shooting, like I said, since February 2015. So almost four years now. I uh, started out, shot an IDPA match just because I thought it'd be fun to shoot and it was something uh, different to do with guns I thought it'd be a cool hobby uh, I saw the shooting sports uh, on outdoor channel actually shooting USA and I saw you know all the big pros you know Max Michelle and KC Eusebio and the rest of them and I said man that looks like it'd be real cool to do and 
I don't know if I'll ever be that fast, but I can certainly have fun trying. Well, you've clearly uh, picked up the speed, uh, especially in Steel Challenge. Um, what would you attribute that to? Is it just more rounds down range, or do you dry fire? Uh, do you do much practicing, or is it just shooting as many matches as you can shoot? It's actually all three of those together. It's the live fire practice, it's the dry fire, and it's the shooting competitions. Um, I didn't used to actually practice as in uh, practicing at the range live fire um, very much at all when I first started out. I just shot match after match after match. I started doing one every weekend, and for a little while there I was doing two on the weekend and two or three during the week at local ranges. Uh, all different disciplines, obviously, so I'm shooting different guns most of the time and having to adapt to different rules, but you still get the basic muscle memory, uh, you know, for your draw, for all the different mechanics of, you know, pulling the trigger and making sure you have good accuracy and speed, and I think that that definitely helped me uh, develop the wide range of skills that you need to shoot several different guns um, quickly and accurately. So I shot all the different matches in the local area as much as I possibly could. That's what I did for the longest time. And uh, I still try to practice on the weekends and get a good practice session in when I can, but it's more often my weekends are taken up with competition. Uh, but since I'm with the Clemson Action Shooting Team here at Clemson University, uh, we actually have a range facility about 10 minutes south of the school, so not just a couple of miles from where I live that I can practice that two times a week with the team. We've got a steel set. We can also set out USPSA and IPSC paper targets, and we can practice for a couple of hours two times a week. So that's definitely a good deal. Uh, so I practice more than I used to now, obviously. And dry firing, I try to dry fire every day uh, if possible, and as long as I'm not too swamped with my uh, college work. But um, Dry firing really helped me to focus on some of the things I needed to focus on, like the draw. I was always kind of slow on the draw, and I'm still not super fast on the draw, but uh, just getting my hand down onto the gun and back up and in front of my face as quick as possible, you know, just stand in front of a mirror or video yourself and uh, try to pick up that speed while getting a good grab. But it's all three things together, really. It's shooting the competitions. It's practicing live fire through the week, sometimes on the weekend as a large dedicated practice session for several hours. And then dry fire obviously is a huge component of it as well. Excellent. Thank you. So Ryan, let's talk a little bit about your round count. How many rounds do you shoot a year and kind of break it down? I know you shoot some rim fire. I've seen you shoot more center fire, at least uh, lately since we've shot together, but how many rounds of rimfire and then how many rounds of uh, centerfire do you shoot, would you say, in a year? In a year? Oh, it's tough to say. Uh, rimfire, I've actually gotten away from it here in the last couple of months trying to chase down, you know, all the different GM classifications. Uh, I got the rimfire divisions a little bit further back, and I've been focusing on shooting a lot of 9 millimeter here lately. But rimfire, I'm probably shooting uh, – at least 10,000 rounds a year. A lot of that is in competition. I don't practice with sure. 22s probably quite as much as I should. All right. So how how much center fire do you uh how much brass are you leaving around the range? Oh, center fire it, it's much it's much more. It's 
probably upwards of 50,000 rounds a year because I'm just shooting so many different competitions and uh, practicing all the time. I mean, I try to shoot at least 150, sometimes 200 rounds a week just practicing. And right, then, uh, right. Getting out to the range and competing as much as I do. And since I don't, uh, I mean, I shoot center fire and steel challenge a lot, but I like to keep up my rim fire skills. But then I shoot USPSA and then IDPA and then three gun. And you can see how it really starts to uh, stack up after shooting several hundred rounds a week. Oh, <laughs> trust me, I know. So do you uh, do you load your own ammunition? I think I saw here, I don't know, it's been a couple months or so that I saw that you picked up a ammo sponsor. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, CNC Ammo in Boiling Springs, South Carolina. So just about an hour down I-85 from Clemson proper. Uh, over there, Leslie Harrell is uh, partnered with me and uh, also with the Clemson Action Shooting Team to be the major supplier of our ammunition. So uh, we really enjoy uh, partnering with the company. It's definitely a great company. Uh, we go to their range about once a month. They have a local USPSA competition at their indoor range. So we go and shoot down there, you know. We always have a real good time. It's a great company, great people. And it's a great product, in my opinion. Uh, I've had immense success with it here recently. Oh, that's fantastic. So what gun are you shooting in uh, USPSA, Ryan? Uh, well, I'm actually starting to switch that up a little bit. I was shooting open for the longest time. Well, let me run it back all the way to the beginning. Uh, when I first started shooting USPSA, I shot limited minor uh, because I had a Glock 34 with a Carver Custom Magwell on it, and I had the, you know, tearing tactical base pads on my mag. So I've shot limited minor. You know, I did okay for myself. Uh, hurt me on classifiers though, uh, shooting minor power factor and limited, but I had a lot of fun with it. And I shot that for a couple of months and then I started getting into open shooting. So I got a CZ checkmate probably about November, 2017 and got a CZ checkmate, nine millimeter major, uh, started shooting open pretty heavily and shot it as much as I could in USPSA and steel challenge. I uh, shot it at the Georgia State match uh, several months back. I think that was in October. Uh, this past August, I shot it at the uh, Area 3 Championship in Nebraska. It's actually my first major USPSA match was a Level 3 Area Championship. And needless to say that I got a little bit uh, flustered trying <laughs> to shoot such a big match for my first time out, after, not at a local. But uh, I shot open for a while. Uh, here lately, I've tried to put a little bit more trigger time behind carry optics, and I'm actually going to be shooting single sack this Saturday at our local USPSA match in Spartanburg. So I'm going to be trying out the skinny gun. What are you shooting for your single stack? I shoot a Dan Wesson Point Man 9. Uh, I hadn't done anything to it other than add the Dawson Ice Magwell to it and, of course, the mainspring housing that it attaches to. Right. So other than that, it's a stock gun, and, I mean, the trigger's great. And you can feel the slide. I love when I shoot it. Uh, I just use CNC Ammo's standard 147-grain 9-millimeter load. It's nothing special or fancy. been loaded up for competition. But when I shoot it out of the 1911, you can just kind of feel the slide, you know, working in your hand. 
and it just you can feel you know kerchunk kerchunk as it comes back and goes forward and the slide hardly moves it stays really flat so that was kind of a kind of a happy accident that they worked so well together and that contributed a lot to my speed shooting it in single stack i was surprised i could shoot it in single stack and steel challenge as well as i did uh, the first time that i had it out so that's why i'm going to try my hand at it in uspsa uh, I've just been practicing on the reloads a lot more since I'm going to be doing probably about six or seven times more of those <laughs> than I did in open. Yeah, see, I shoot PCC in uh, in uh, USPSA, and and I, I what's this reload you speak of? I, I, I you yeah, know, I, it's mandatory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is reloading? I shot. I've actually shot PCC in USPSA, but um. Our local USPSA match, their range doesn't allow handguns. So I, or, uh, I'm sorry. Let me uh, go back and start that again. I've shot a USPSA with PCC before, but I don't shoot it as much as I'd like to because our local range only allows handguns. They don't allow rifles. So when I shot PCC, I've had to go a little bit out of my way to shoot it up into North Carolina, actually, to shoot a match up there. Or I could go down to Columbia, which is about two hours away, or I just shoot it at the indoor match. So since I never really get to shoot PCC that much in USPSA, I kind of focus on the handgun stuff. Gotcha. So Ryan, one of the questions we like to ask uh, shooters, somebody, especially somebody of your caliber, is what is one tip you have for some of our listeners that really want to maybe just get better or reach their first GM status. What's, what's a key tip that you could offer them? It's really about working on the consistency. I know everybody says, uh, you know, you, you, you can't miss fast enough to win. You know, everybody says that, but uh, it's never more true than it is in steel challenge. Uh, when I shoot, if I have one uh, pickup shot on a target because I got, lazy with my side alignment or my trigger press then you know that's best game over that's not going to be a personal best today uh, you, you absolutely have to get the consistency and when i shoot my rimfire pistol i think it was at the world championship uh jeff i think you might actually have been the ro on a pendulum yep uh for the last uh world championship and when i shot my rimfire pistol my four best strings i think were all within a at least a tenth of each other. If I remember correctly, I had some that were right on top of each other. So I, I pride myself on my consistency. Um, maybe I can step that speed a little bit. You know, I can step it up. But uh, especially at a world match, I don't feel like pushing myself too hard and making mistakes. But I pride myself on that consistency because I always know how fast I can run it and I know I can hit the targets. And I establish right, that consistent right. speed, especially on a stage like Pendulum. I feel like I need it because I, I always tend to throw that shot on the uh, plate number two because I shoot the one, two, three, four stop method. And coming down off of one on the two, I always throw that shot on the 10 inch. <laughs> so. That's I never happened sure to me before, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Steve never misses. Well, for Steve, it's plate three. He never misses plate three. <laughs> Ask Zach Jones. will tell you all about it. 
for those of interest, go back in the archives of the Steel Target Paint podcast, and you'll hear a story about that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's a great, oh, I get great. That's a great tip, Ryan. It, it's you got to find where your I call it the edge of your edge of consistency, and then the edge of your fundamentals breaking down, and you start to miss. It's it's very important to find that. Whenever I'm working with new or experienced shooters. That's that's the first. Uh, that's the. I think it's the second or third blog article that I wrote that I posted out on my website. Whenever somebody comes over to train, that's the first article that I give them. So look, you need to find out what this is, um, because people get in that panic and they try to rush and they try to shoot faster than they're capable of shooting and they back it down to okay, well, let's go one for one, and you make up time by transitioning the gun. And then every single time when they, they go one for one, I said, well, how did that feel? Well, it felt slow. And then I show them the timer and said, you know what? That's the fastest time you've ever shot. So let's do that a little bit more. And then pick up the pace of transition in the gun. All right, now I'm giving away all my secrets. I mean, I had that same thing this uh, weekend. The, actually, my last uh, GM that I picked up was this Sunday shooting my own uh, SEAL Challenge match. Uh, I actually... MD my own steel challenge match at Belton Gun Club. Uh, oh wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We, we got to get Zach involved in this. I don't know if it's legal to actually make it at your own match. You know, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> don't be hating, Jeff. <laughs> I promise that I don't handle the uh, scoring part of it. I don't touch practice scores. So. <laughs> uh, when I was shooting my match um, on Sunday, I was shooting carry optics. You know. Pendulum, of course, is always my killer. You know, it's the bane of my shooting existence, uh, especially with the centerfire handguns. I just always tend to throw the shots on the plates. I mean, they're small, they're far away. You know the story. So I practiced the day before. Yeah, I know, cheating. You practice uh, the day before the match. You're not supposed to do that, are you? But uh, I shot carry optics on Pendulum. And I figured that to make GM, I needed to cut, I think, about 3.25 seconds per string, something like that. Per string? Me. Yeah, per string. Okay. So I, I was thinking about it, and I said, okay, 3.25 per string. I always think about it in terms of string time myself instead of stage time because when I think about stage time, it's hard to break it down into – how fast do I really need to be, uh, you know, over a couple of different strings? What if I, you know, have a problem or something? I can always analyze it better as a string time. But I figure about three and a quarter seconds, uh, I think that was that's the right number, is about three and a quarter for GM and carry optics. So I would practice and I would shoot, and I pulled off some good strings, and I said, man, I'm able to get 2.8. You know, I can land hits, but it's only about, you know, half the time. I'm usually throwing right. a shot at that speed. So I said, okay, slow it down a tad. Just, you know, bring it back. Make sure you get your hand on the gun fast and bring the gun up fast. But once it's in front of your eyes, you know, slow it down. Make sure that you're seeing the dots, feeling the trigger. And then I was just taking those one shots. And then I was getting, you know, 3.1 to the 3.2 range. And I was hitting every time. Then comes match day. First string, step up, shoot, all good hits, 2.99. I said, okay, that's a little bit faster than I need to be doing. You're going to start, you know, getting buck fever, so to speak, uh, with steel fever. Is that what we call it in that game? <laughs> that's good. That's a good way to put it. 
I've, I've used another analogy that I can't say on this podcast, but okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I, I try to keep myself from getting, uh, you know, too sped up for my own good. I would say 2.99. Okay, good string. That'll definitely help if I have any problems down the road. It's pretty well under what I'm shooting for, but it's too far under what I'm shooting for. I feel like I'm right on the hairy edge of what I can shoot consistently. And for pendulum, you know, if I have a makeup shot, it's just going to take me way too much time for me to come back onto the plate and make sure that I hit it. So I slow it back down. Next string is like a 3.2. Next one is like a 3.3, I think. It was a little bit too slow. And then I get 3.1s to finish out, if I remember right. And uh, that adds up to a good stage time, I think. I got about a 12.9 on that. And uh, peak time is 13, I believe, in carry optics for Pendulum. So it all uh, worked out in the end. Pendulum is 13. Yep, you got that right. So it all worked out in the end that I just, you know, I slowed it down. You know, I had one good string, and that's good. I'd have rathered my last string have been my best one. But, um, you know, we, we can't all be perfect sometimes. <laughs> but uh, the consistency, once again, that was the thing. I established a good speed in practice before, a speed that I knew that I could get every single time, and then I can work that into the match and make sure that I'm not missing. Because, like I said, if I have a makeup shot, it's going to take me way too much time to come back and make that up. And, I mean, when I was shooting good and making sure I got my hits, I only shot just under peak time, you know, about a tenth of a second. If I'd had a makeup shot on one or two strings, God forbid, then it would have been a lot worse, and I would have been sitting with something in the low master, maybe A-class range. And that does not a GM make. I was just going to follow up on that. So let's let's break down carry optics and pendulum. On your draw, what's your average draw time on that first plate? On that first plate, it's hard to say. Um, like I said, my draw was relatively slow compared to probably some other carry optics GMs or, you know, the true high-level shooters like Max, KC, BJ, and the rest. Um, my draw time on that plate is probably somewhere around 1.3, 1.4, if I really get it good and hit it just right. Maybe 1.5 is what I'd call the safe bet because I'm trying to make sure the draw is where I tend to flub more than anything because I'm trying to get my hand on it real fast. I'm trying to bring right. it up in front. It, at least when all the subsequent shots are made, the gun's at least in front of my face and it's in my hand. The draw is always where you're trying to be fast and get your hand down onto it, but if you don't have that perfect grip and it's not right out where you need it to be, then you get trouble. So my draw is usually a tad slower just because I tend to throw the draw. So I'm probably getting right around one and a half seconds or so on that draw. Um, and which plate are you drawing little, on? Maybe a little right. bit more. Which plate are you drawing? I'm drawing on the plate one. Plate one? So plate I want to bring up something that I think a lot of people are going to think I'm crazy. You guys might think I'm crazy. <laughs> but, you know, I just started shooting – uh, center fire pistols in steel challenge and specifically on pendulum i've noticed that my draw on plate one is the same as it is on plate three which is of course the 10 inch plate and so i've actually adopted a a, 
the pattern that I'm using for uh, my rifles in that I'm shooting at three, four, one, two, stop. And uh, and that's mainly because I'm not losing any time on my draw and I actually gain time by having those last three shots, you know, in my comfort zone going left to right. Um, so uh, for those that are listening out there, you know, notice that Ryan was able to come back and get an idea of what, you know, a, a close approximation of what his draw was. And you should know these things. And if you get a chance to be at a practice range and you happen to have pendulum out there, draw on plate one, if because that tends to be the plate that most people are drawn. But then draw on plate three and see if it's any different. Um, I like it because the amount of, of the transit, there's one big transition and everything else is a very short one. Um, and I'm shooting into the stop plate. So something to consider for those that are uh, trying to possibly speed up their uh, pendulum time. So Steve, now you can tell everybody you think I'm crazy. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, everybody knows you're crazy. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan, the reason why I'm asking is because I'm kind of spending more and more time in the centerfire world. I, I find as though that I have to continue to brush up my skills on, you know, the rimfire side to stay at least in, you know, in the top handful, uh, when we go into these major matches. And so I'm playing around with the centerfire stuff. I've recently, you know, become, uh, classified in all 13 divisions. And I had a roundabout set up the other day out of my, uh, home range, Jeff. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, I could, I, I, I almost made it <laughs> so close. Jeff. Almost. It's so like close. 10 minutes into the interview. That's not almost Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> but uh, from a consistency perspective with my carry optics gun because i had it out here recently and i changed the dot on the back of it and all that kind of jazz which helped me out a lot but you know pendulum i in, in similar to you my is not as fast as these some of these folks are but i find myself to be very cautious and because i really start every plate out to make sure that i hit the first plate because you know if you miss the first plate on any string, it's a wrap. You know, it's it's going to go down real quick. And so my draw time on pendulums right in that one. No, Steve, you're breaking up. Again. All right. Just pick it up from. So my draw. It just it just it's the internet. It's not you. It, you're just. Yeah. You're no, just... I got you. So. All right. So. Go ahead. I'm I was just going to say, pick it up from. So my draw is. So my draw and pendulum is in the 1.5 range, and on roundabout, I had it set up this past weekend, and I shot a handful of mags, and the best I could do was right in the 1.5 range, but I felt more comfortable in that 1.35 to, yeah, about 1.35. And so I was shooting Grandmaster times. I was in that 2.57 to 59 range, and I think during a match, I need to back that up Master time. I, I know just got it. it up there. Sorry, Steve. I got to cut you. You're, you're, you were breaking up, but we could get the concept of what you were saying, but then you just went dark. I'm not Damn sure what's happening there. Country. It's the country, man. See, the price of having a home range, Jeff. Internet <laughs> sucks. <laughs> anyway, I was shooting roundabout, and 
about 1.25 seconds was my draw. That's when I was pushing pretty decent. Felt more comfortable in the 135 range. And at that 135 range, I was in 7 to 259 range. So I think I need to back it down just just a tad during a match. Jeff, what's the peak time on roundabout carry optics? Is it carry 10? optics roundabout, as he's got it right here, is roundabout is 08. 10 seconds. So two yeah. and a half per string. So getting pretty close to it. So 95% that, that would make it, but it's uh, it's right on the edge for me. So I appreciate your insight into uh, into the draw. And, man, that's one of those things I wish everybody could take a pill and uh, draw like Casey or Max or Dave or those guys because that's, that's really where we had Christian Taylor on I don't know, those last two, three weeks or so. so. His transitions are as fast as those guys. They just – have them at the draw by 0.1 or 0.2 seconds and that's that's a lot of a lot of room to make up well yeah i mean if you look at the draw steve and uh you just do the simple math and we're just going to say there's 40 draws i know everybody there's 39 but let's just keep it simple <laughs> uh and you know somebody's got you by you know as much as a quarter of a second on every draw uh that's eight seconds across the match um, and it, in center fire, it's just huge. And in, actually in all of them, it, it's huge. You know, while they don't call it, I call it the draw in the, in the rim fire and the, in the rifles, um, first shot on plate, if you want to get technical, but, uh, you know, that's, that's where you can pick up a lot of time. And then to Ryan's point, uh, going one for one, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's the way to, to get your best strings out there. Interesting thing I've noticed about when I shoot roundabout, since we were talking about roundabout and the draw, I'll, I'll bring it around to something that uh, that I've noticed for me personally. Uh, you know, a lot of the big pros, they'll shoot roundabout. I believe in the uh, four, three, one, two stop method, if I'm if I'm right. Yeah. Uh, you, you see that a lot, especially because that draw on the plate four is a little bit easier, you know. I think it's, what, seven yards, I think, is the distance to plate four on roundabout. That is correct. So uh, it's an easier draw, but I actually have always run roundabout. I've tried it that way. I've tried it a couple of different other ways, uh, but I always end up going back to one, two, four, three stop. And I know some there's a couple of problems with it, but I feel like it, works good for me and one of the things about it is that drawing on the plate four or drawing on the plate one i'm really getting comparable draw times i just can't seem to really speed up my draw going on the plate four uh, even though it's a lot closer it's about half the distance i think from uh, me to plate four as it is from me to plate one but i can always still get a consistent draw Maybe because I've practiced more drawing on plate one, but I like shooting yeah. it in the one, two, four, three stop method because the draw is the same, right? And I can come down and really almost drive by two and four, both of them. So I get that first shot, bam, and then bam, bam, on the two and four as I'm just coming across. And then I return kind of more to center right because I know the kind of center line of the stage goes between the stop plate and plate two. So I return to about center right, shoot three, and then stop plate real fast. 
So uh, I just feel like that works better for me to be able to draw, get the shot, have three shots pretty close together, and then one, two, finish up. And I've tried it different ways, but with the draw onto plate four, where I really think I can make up the time, just can't seem to do it. And uh, maybe that's something I need to work on personally. I mean, we all need work, right? But uh, that's one thing maybe I can work on personally is speeding up that draw. Really, the only comparable differences uh, that I can get between my draw times is like drawing onto a particularly tough target like plate one on pendulum, you know, 18 yards to a 12-inch plate. I get a difference between that and, of course, you know, rectangle one on smoke and hope. I can pull that one off a lot faster, certainly. But I would hope almost, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's almost some of the only differences, you know, between kind of the harder targets and then some of the, you know, really easy targets. It's the only real difference that I can get in the uh, draw times. And maybe that's something that I just need to work on. I think it's my mental game. Maybe it's my eyes aren't quite trained to, you know, pick up the dot or pick up the sights. and really get that acceptable sight picture from the draw so that I can speed it up for the kind of intermediate distance targets. Well, definitely practice is going to help you with that. And and you're right. We all need practice. Um, even, you know, Max and KC, whether or not they're necessarily shooting a, a steel challenge match, I mean, they're still out there practicing. They're not just shooting matches. Um, and that's all the stuff that nobody sees um you know there's a i was listening to an audiobook uh called bounce and he talks about how it takes 10,000 hours to be an expert and other people have said it and even at that point you've got to then maintain that excellence and you've got to keep pressing yourself and to your point you know for roundabout you're drawn one you're drawn four is about the same and you're shooting it in a way that's comfortable for you now. And again, that's going to give you the confidence and then the ability to shoot the stage at your best performance at that time. A year from now, that may change. Uh, it may get faster. And that's just because, again, time behind the gun, time behind the trigger. Um, I used to shoot single stack in USPSA and put the gun down for a year and a half shooting other divisions and we had a match that uh called for shooting that gun and it i went out and practiced it and i was lucky to hit a paper target at seven yards <laughs> because i forgot how to shoot the gun and it took about 500 rounds of practice before i remembered oh yeah there's a different cadence to this uh because of you know sight flip and all that so they're good points ryan and it's certainly difficult trying to get used to the different platforms. I mean, I've shot a lot of different guns in relatively quick succession here, um, chasing these grandmaster classifications. Um, I can't remember the exact uh, time frame over which I've got the last couple of them, but I, I think I got my first one. Uh, it was probably about May or so of 2018. And I went a couple of months, and then I got the second one. I got third and fourth, I think, for RFRI and PCCO uh, back at the North Carolina State match. Steve, do you remember when that was? 
exactly the North Carolina State Steel Challenge? Oof. I can tell you I'm because let me find it I here. I was thinking it was in September. July. September, jeez, time flies when you have fun. Sig Optics NC first. State Steel Challenge, September twenty seventh. Yeah, the North Carolina State Steel Challenge match. That's when I got my third and fourth GMs at the same time. I shot RFRI and PCCO. And then coming up on my fifth GM, I think that might have been open. That might have been open, and that was a couple of months later. That was November, I believe, late November. And then from November here on out, I got the last four that I've been getting. So I've been shooting a wide variety of guns to kind of chase that down. I mean, everything from the 1022 and the SIG MPX to Dan Weston 1911 and the SIG P320X5, trying to do all of them. So it requires a lot of different uh, touches to really pull it off like how I've been trying to do. And it makes it a little bit more difficult to really excel with any one platform because I'm not able to put the real time into it to work out all the you know little intricacies of each platform. Obviously, a P320 is going to point differently, draw differently, and recoil differently than a 9mm 1911. So I'm having to get used to it kind of on the fly. But one thing I'm kind of pleased with myself about it, I don't mind saying, is that I'm able to do that and still keep up a relatively high level of performance. And I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself for being able to do that. But in the future, you know, getting more serious about it. And, of course, we've got major matches coming up here in the coming months. Um, I'll be trying to focus, I think, a little bit more on particular platforms that I want to shoot in competition. Because, like you were saying, you know, you really got to practice and get back into doing it. And there's differences between the guns you're shooting. And to really get the most out of it, you've got to get behind the trigger and just shoot it and practice and dry fire. Yeah, well, they all have their their uh, intricacies. Uh, you know, I mean, the closest two are probably production and limited. Uh, I mm. shot my X5 in both, and I know many people will will shoot the same gun in both those divisions uh, uh, until they decide to get a, a dedicated uh, limited gun. Uh, all the other ones have different elements. You know, carry optics have got a dot, but it's riding on the slide where open, mm -hmm. they tend to be frame-mounted. And, you know, rimfire, you have less recoil. Uh, single stack is better than production with regards to the trigger. Uh, so they've all got their, their elements of, uh, of, of differences, and, and it makes a difference uh, when you're working on one. You just can't pick up another one and, uh, at, at a moment's notice. Uh, you really got to get a little time behind that trigger again to remind your, your brain what gun you're shooting and... Uh, and the elements that you have to be focused on, you know, Steve, you run an open gun. You run a thumb ledge on yours. I actually run the, uh, nitro fin and I love that a lot. And CWA chat whistle, he's putting, uh, got something special coming down the pike 
there that I can't talk about yet. But uh, my new gun is going to have a nitro fin on it as well. So I, I love that. I don't use it to really necessarily drive the gun. I think people much pressure and driving the gun with those towards those sorts of things. But it's uh it's more for consistent hand placement every single time. So I uh, I do run one of those. I agree. Ryan, how about you? Do you run a thumb ledge on your open gun? Nope, I do not. Uh, for my open gun and for my RFPO, I don't use a thumb ledge. Uh, for my open gun, I, I don't feel like I particularly need one. It just doesn't feel like it fits uh, the particular geometry of how I put my thumb on there. I just can't get it to work properly. I've tried you know, handling guns with uh, gas pedals on them. And uh, in particular, the, the go-gun gas pedal design is way too steep of an angle for me to really feel comfortable with it. Uh, and I just never felt like I particularly needed one. Um, I was always able to control recoil pretty effectively without one. Uh, I don't think Max Michelle uses a gas pedal on, any of, on, on his open gun. Uh, for my RFPO, I know some people use a thumb wedge not necessarily for recoil control, but just for consistent thumb placement and really being able to lock their hand in. What I do, I shoot a Ruger Mark IV 2245 light, and I got some skateboard tape that I put along the upper there where I put my thumb, and I can just get my thumb right up on there and put it on that skateboard tape. And that fits a lot more with the geometry of my hand, I think than a uh, gas pedal does. Excellent. Cool. Thank you. Well, Ryan, you're a student at Clemson, correct? That's right. And uh, what grade are you in and what uh, degree are you pursuing? I'm a sophomore history major, actually. A history major? What do you want to do, do after college? Well, I want to go do graduate work and get my MBA with an emphasis in marketing. Uh, a lot of people, you know, ask, well, why didn't you just, you know, study business or something? And, um, I mean, a lot of the stuff I think that's covered in the uh, business undergrad is stuff that's also covered in the MBA. I want to be able to have something uh, different that I can really draw on. And it's something that I do enjoy studying. Um, and, of course, my plan may change. Uh, who knows? I may end up being a history professor <laughs> you know plan, plans <laughs> change you never know what happens but you stay prepared for any outcome but uh the plan right now is to get my mba emphasis in marketing um, my plans after college um, i would like ideally to get something in the uh, firearm industry it's just something that i'm really interested in i really enjoy guns and shooting and not just the shooting part you know um, I enjoy the historical aspect of guns. That's pretty fitting for a history major, I think. But uh, yeah, the historical yeah, sure. part of guns, I enjoy that. I enjoy the collecting part of it. I enjoy the mechanical side of guns, how they work, you know, how it's evolved over time and things you can do in the future to make them better because even though we're shooting guns that are relatively unchanged, there's been small design advances uh, in the last, you know, 50, 100 years, but still kind of the same guns, but we're still finding ways to make them work better and better, make them, you know, faster, more accurate, more durable. Um, with slide-mounted optics, that's one that's a 
interesting development. Um, they're still kind of in their infancy. You know, there's not a whole lot of micro red dot sites mounted to a slide that can withstand much abuse. I know people that have killed every kind of micro red dot on the market, um, but we'll always keep working towards making that better and better, and that's really what drives the industry is uh, the stri striving for, you know, a better mousetrap. That's something that I think I'd be uh, interested in being a part of from several different uh, points of view. Cool deal. So we talked a little bit about your ammo sponsor. You want to give a shout out to all your sponsors and who they are and what they do for you? Well, my only personal sponsor is uh, CNC Ammo in Boiling Springs. But uh, as part of the Clemson Action Shooting Team, we have several industry partners that we've worked with. Um, one of our original sponsors that's been with us since the beginning has been Steel Target Paint. So we always uh, want to thank them for their early and continued support of the Clemson Action Shooting Team. Also, one of our earliest supporters was GT Targets. We have a steel set that we received from GT. Uh, we've partnered with them. So we now have our steel set, and we can practice official steel challenge stages at our practices. So that's always a really good thing. Uh, we're partnered with Palmetto State Armory. Uh, certainly great to have such a well-known uh, South Carolina company uh, in the firearms industry to partner with us. Uh, we also have North Fork Supply, which is in Palmer, Alaska, which is owned by a Clemson alum uh, who has his uh, gun store up in Palmer, and he helps us get a lot of uh, really cool things through his uh, distribution. So we also have CNC Ammo as a team sponsor, so I get to represent them whenever I shoot for Clemson and when I shoot for them just uh, on my own personally. So it's great to always have our industry partners. Um, we've had a really good relationship with all of them. Uh, I really do appreciate the support that we've seen because as a college team, you know, it's really nice that there's an interest in having a college shooting team, especially for a big school like Clemson University that's supported by the industry. And it's good to see um, people paying it forward, and we try to uh, pay it back to our sponsors by representing the team and uh, by extension, representing these companies as best we can. Ryan, it's been it's been really great talking to you. Is there anything else you might want to share with our listeners that we uh, we haven't covered up to this point? Something that uh, I could add for everybody to work on um, is work on those draws. I know we said it before, but the draw is the killer when you're shooting center fire pistols. It's the longest amount of time that you're taking up per string that you're not actually shooting or transitioning to a target. So that's where you really want to work on it with the centerfire pistols uh, and to a lesser extent the rimfire pistols, rimfire rifles, and PCCs. But you got to work on it. <laughs> that's where people get uh, cocky. They try to throw it too fast and they throw the shot or they're just not fast enough. All right. Well, that's a good tip, and, uh, and we appreciate you being on the show. Steve, I think it's another good one. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. And if you're interested in buying something from – Rainstore.net, use code STPODCAST10 for 10% off. Fantastic. Well, Ryan, thanks again for being on. Steve, always fun talking with you on these podcasts. And 
As always, don't forget, everybody, one shot, one steal. Thank <laughs> you.